Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, September 23rd, 2022. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? My name is Quinn. This is my show. I am the key grip, the uh, line manager, the production assistant uh, for this show. And we are one of the top 500 comedy podcast on the north side of chicago we are the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the nation of pakistan hello karachi hello islamabad hello khyber pass boy pakistan not too far from iran that's really the big uh the big news so far right iran iran so far away saw those guys in concert but they're all burning the the hijabs h-i-g-a-b uh it's a big cultural revolution it's 1979 all over again i don't know if that's i don't know when the iranian cultural revolution was i've heard that thrown around before but i think 1979 is when the soviet union invaded afghanistan which is between iran and pakistan so we're really we're global here Covering current events, current news, all that stuff. The other big news of the week, the uh, Adam Levine thing. Here's the thing. I never even read the news story about Adam Levine. I've just seen the memes, and I've kind of pieced together what happened. So it kind of sounds to me like he probably just got really high and went on Instagram one night, and that's pretty much what it was, but uh, I I don't know. I remember... (laughs) When I was a kid, you know, probably 10, 11, 12, something like that, getting their first album from the library, I'm not really sure why. I don't know why I ever, like, just went out of my way to request a Maroon 5 album because uh, it was, like, the, the you know, online interlibrary loan or whatever they system they had in the library. But their first album, Songs About Jane, it's, there's, like, a naked woman painting uh, is, like, the... Uh, or like uh, cartoon, I guess, drawing, visual, whatever, is the cover of the album. And I remember getting it because, you know, you're like 11 or 12, and I'm like, ooh, growing up in a very uh, conservative household. Felt really uh, like I had to quickly rush it downstairs, not not because I had ulterior motives, but I was just afraid I was going to get in trouble if I if someone knew I had the uh, this sultry, sexy, red-headed woman uh with me so anyways that's maroon five that's adam levine what a weirdo listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the beantown podcast number one will occasionally use some language number two this podcast is objectively terrible and it's going to be a, it's going to be a short kind of quick hitters kind of episode we don't have any specific trivia or power rankings or anything we're going through although we are certainly going to uh follow up from last week and announce the winner of last week's beantown trivia question uh, we're going to, speaking of international, going global, we're going to be speaking about uh, my uh, international trip from just a couple of days ago. And a very special person I met for the first time. Uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't have a lot of fangirl moments as, uh, as, as myself, as, as Quinn. I don't fangirl over a lot of things, uh, but there was uh, someone I met this past week who uh, I've been watching for a long time uh, on TV, and I definitely had a fangirl moment. So we're going to be talking about that in a second here. Uh, it's the fall, fall has arrived. We usually do like a fall 
fall is here kind of episode every year and this would have been a good time for it except i just got some other things i want to check in on and then gonna gonna try to make some supper here before too long not going crazy tonight because i gotta work tomorrow unfortunately on a saturday but we went from uh, tuesday tuesday was maybe like 85 and muggy and the sun was out and it just felt like a oppressive summer day and then woke up Wednesday and the chill was in the air and Wednesday Wednesday was you know high 60s low 70s wasn't so bad and then today we even took a step further I'm literally wearing a long sleeve it's my faux cashmere that I just got from TJ Maxx a week ago it's 100% polyester but don't tell anyone else that because it looks nice it feels nice went for a long walk this afternoon to get groceries and also catch up with a dear friend from grad school, Elise. Good, good, to, good to catch up there. But the fall weather is here, and you're going to want those uh, long sleeves. I think tomorrow, Saturdays, it, we're supposed to get in, into like the 70s again. I think tomorrow's going to be a beautiful fall day. It's really a shame i got to work for uh, a large chunk of it. But you know what? It is what it is. Gotta gotta bring in the students. So hey, if you want to come come chat with DePaul Law, come hang out at uh, the Palmer House from ten to five uh, Central Time tomorrow, and we'll see you there. But you don't want to hear me talk about work. You you don't come to the Bean Town Podcast to work. You come to catch up on the news. We told you about the Iranian Cultural Revolution. We told you about the Af- Afghani invasion. We told you about Adam Levine, that guy from uh, 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 what's Serial? He got released, I think, from prison this past week. So you're really caught up on all the news here. The fall weather is I, I this is basically the Today Show. Now we're just going to do fun crocheted hats for your pet seal. S e e l. It's a Pokemon. If you don't know. I think we've mentioned this on, on the Beantown podcast before, but there are some original Pokemon from the first generation that are just not very creative whatsoever. Namely, Seal, which is just an actual seal, but spelled with a E instead of an A, and then Dugong, which is spelled D-E-W instead of D-U. And they look just like their actual animal counterparts. So something got lost in the Japanese translation. Some other ones that are bad, Krabby is just a crab. Uh, let's see. What are some other Pokemon that are just like, this is ridiculous. Sp- Sparrow instead of Sparrow is just a little Sparrow-looking bird. I don't know. I'm sure there are some others. Hey, if you got an egregious one that you want to hear us talk about, on the Beantown Podcast, you got to message us. Beantown Podcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that's Beantown Podcast at Yahoo.com. Let us know. Hey, you could switch to other gens too, Gen 2, Gen 3. I don't know. And uh, during, you know, while you're emailing us, let us know what you're drinking. Today I'm having Canadian whiskey, W H I S K Y, so no E, our, uh, our continued long standing question here in the Beantown Podcast. Should whiskey be spelled with an E or with no E? And it's really, really, uh, it could go either way. It's pretty 50-50 at this point. But that's what we're drinking, so let us know. Send us an email. What, uh, what, what are some other egregious 
egregiously lazy Pokemon names. Okay? And we'll read them live on air. Last week, we had a big Beantown trivia question. It was one of our bigger call-to-action kind of trivia questions ever here on the show. And it was geography, U.S. geography-oriented, transportation-oriented. And the winner, I'll tell you, and then we're, we're going to go through the, the, the 10 list here. Winner is geography aficionado and soon-to-be Ph.D. in geography, Walter Furness, who successfully got 8 out of 10. And if you listened to the show last week, you know, but maybe you missed it. It was our top 10 Longest U.S. interstates. Okay, so hey, maybe you didn't listen. Maybe you're new to the show. Welcome in. We'll do trivia questions pretty frequently. And you could, if you want to take a stab for yourself, uh, you're not going to win any prizes because uh, the contest is over. But you could still pause. All right, I'm back. Garage Band's freaking out. Everything was normal, no problems, and all of a sudden it just says... Part of this show could not be played, which uh, I don't really know what that means or why it says that. But, it's you know, I don't use the Mac for anything other than this. For the most part, it's been good this past season, but you never know. So, okay, so we're coming back in. The top 10 interstates by length, we're going to go 1 to 10 uh, in terms of longest to, to least longest. And you'll you can see how you did playing at home. Okay, so the longest interstate. In the United States, as a reminder, even numbers are east-west, odd numbers are north-south, and historically, traditionally, if a number, if it's a zero, ends in zero, that's a coast-to-coast highway, although you'll see that's not fully true, and then if it ends in a five, that's a, a, a border-to-border kind of kind of deal okay so coming in at number one is interstate 90 an interstate i've lived on pretty much my entire life and my uh my my parents have moved and they're still relatively close to it we're always always gravitate around i-90 it runs for 3,020 miles and you probably know this but it goes from seattle to boston and I think we mentioned this as like a bonus trivia question. How many states does it go through? And you could guess on that now. I'm gonna about to reveal the answer. It is 13. So going from west to east, we have Washington, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, and Massachusetts are the 13 colonies that I-90 goes through. So I think it's relatively common knowledge that I-90 is the longest. So I think probably most of the, the listeners playing at home got I-90. Okay, coming in at number two, we're not not switching it up too much, is I-80, which runs from San Francisco, California to Teaneck, New Jersey. And if you're curious, it goes through 11 states. I'm not going to read all of them at you. But I-80, another interstate I grew up pretty close to. I-80 and uh, I-39 intersection, Starred Rock, near Ottawa and North Utica, Illinois. Great place. Coming in at number three, the third longest, we're going a little further south. I-40 goes from I-15 in California to Wilmington, North Carolina, and that runs through eight states. 
So another kind of mostly coast-to-coast one. If you're curious uh, where I-15 is in, uh, I don't know if it's Barstow or Bearstow, but it's uh, kind of just north of, of L.A. where I-15 comes out, or, yeah, I guess north of L.A. That's northeast of L.A. That's where I-15 runs. So that's number three, I-40. Number four is uh, I-10, keeping the theme going here of these long east-west. That goes from Santa Monica which I was just in last year, to Jacksonville, Florida. And that's kind of the classic southern border kind of interstate. It serves eight states and, yeah, I-10, an all-time classic. Okay, we are sticking with the trend for one more. We got one more east-west. We got to do I number five is I-70. So your top five were all even-numbered east-west interstates. Oh, I think I forgot. So number one, 90 was 3,020 miles. I-80 is 2,899, so about 120 miles shorter. Then it drops off a little bit. I-40 is 2,556 miles, so that's about 350 miles shorter than I-80. Then uh, number four, I-10 is 2,460 miles, so that's about 100 miles shorter than I-40. Number five, I-70. Drops off a little bit, 2,172 miles. So that's about two, almost 300 miles shorter than I-10. That goes from I-15 also, this time in Cofort, Utah, to the park and ride in Baltimore, Maryland. I have uh, vivid memories of that park and ride where I-70 starts. It's kind of interesting. It's west of Baltimore, like just west of kind of the really kind of run-down, gang-controlled, bad part of West Baltimore and it just, uh, the interstate just kind of starts, and there's a park and ride, and it's kind of like in a forest, and it's just there. So I know that uh, start of that interstate very well. This serves 10 states. All right, number six, we're finally breaking the trend. The most famous East Coast interstate is I-95, and that runs for 1,119 miles. And you probably know this, but it goes from Miami to the Canadian border in Maine. And this serves 15 states, so two more than I-90. You can play this at home. What 15 states does I-95 pass through? Going south to north, I'll tell you, we have, uh, if you just know your map, you'll figure it out. Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine. Goes right along that beautiful New Hampshire beachfront. I think the New Hampshire coast is like 16 miles, something like that. Shortest coastline in the United States out of states that have a coastline. And let me tell you, 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 if you're out there right now listening to this live at 6.30 on the East Coast, you do not want to be stuck on I-95 right now. I once drove from Philadelphia to Washington on a Friday afternoon, and it took me five hours when, and then I came back, and it took me like three hours. Drove down there solely to go to National Harbor to get my race packet on a Friday. Drove back like the champ I was, back to Philly to work there on a Saturday. Drove back there Saturday night and ran a marathon Sunday morning. 
Maybe that's why it went so poorly. That's number six. I don't think we mentioned this. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to Bean Town Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Coming in at number seven, I-75. It's an interstate they don't have a ton of personal familiarity with. It's 1,786 miles, and it runs from Miami Lakes, Florida, up to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. So it kind of just runs up the heartland there. Let's pull up a map. I mean, you can kind of generally get a sense of where, where you know, South Florida to uh, basically Mackinac Island is. But it goes up kind of the western part of Florida. Looks like we run through Tampa there. It kind of cuts inland a little bit. And then you go up through Georgia, um, up into Atlanta for sure. And then you stay east in East Tennessee, kind of Chattanooga up to Knoxville. And then you go through Kentucky. But I think that's east of like it's maybe goes through like uh, – Lexington, I'm not sure, but but east of uh, Louisville. And then probably up through Cincinnati there, kind of up through western Ohio. Hits Detroit and then goes all the way up the heart of Michigan. So that's I-75 for you. Coming in at number eight, I think that's where we're at, right? Yeah, eight, we have I-94, another classic that I lived on for a while. Uh, I guess not actually, but close enough. Uh, and I live very close to it now, 1,585 miles, and it goes from western Montana to uh, Detroit, basically, at the Canadian border. It goes through seven states and is notable for very closely paralleling, it's a great verb, uh, I-90 for the majority of its time. So it runs along the southern part of Michigan, and then you get into Indiana just for a hot second, and around the Chicagoland area, it's pretty much the same running like the exact same route and then cuts up into Milwaukee over to uh, Madison there and then up up and over to the Twin Cities where we will be a good segue. We'll be there broadcasting live next week for you uh, to celebrate the Minnesota Vikings New Orleans Saints game in London. Oh, it should be a good time. 8.30 p.m. Central Start Time. For those of you West Coasters, you might as well stay up all night. All right, coming in at number nine, an all-time classic that I will also be driving as I go from Minneapolis to Albert Lee, I-35, 1,568 miles, so just 17 mere miles shorter than 94. And this one famously goes from the Mexican border down in Laredo all the way up to Duluth. That's the most kind of heartland of, of heartland kind of interstates right it just cuts up through the middle that in that in uh, like 90 i would say through the heartland although i guess 40 is probably more of a heartland now we sound like a john mellencamp song and then coming in at number 10 we have i-20 at 1539 miles goes from i-10 in here's a name for you and our texans will know it or not, I don't know. Texas is a big place. Scroggins Draw, Texas. 79734 zip code. The location is notable for being the intersection between Interstate 10 and the western terminus of Interstate 20. Well, yeah, that's what we said. And it runs all the way to I-95 in Florence, South Carolina. Florence Henderson, rest in peace. All right, so there are your top. 10 longest interstates. Again, from shortest to longer, we have I-20, I-35, I-94, I-75, I-95, I-70, I-10, I-40, I-80, and I-90. So congratulations to Walter Furness, who successfully 
navigated his way across the country through eight of the ten longest interstates in the United States. And thanks, everyone, for playing last week's Beantown Tribute Question. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, our good friends at Home Pride Oregon. Guys, when you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you can't just trust any random Joe Schmo. you got to call the experts. His name's Steve, and he'll, uh, he'll pick up after two rings, 541-410-0316. Speaking of uh, rings, I'm trying to remember who it was. Some, I think it was Deb Chubb from Love Island who was wearing a ring on her left finger or something like that, or maybe it was someone else. But I was like, "You're not." It was in, it was perplexing to me. I don't know why. Uh, I don't think it was her. I think it was someone else. They had a ring on their their ring finger, and I was just like, "This is curious." What? I don't remember when the, it was. Sometime this past week, but it was someone who I either know or like know from TV or something. And they had a. a ring on their finger and i was like this is curious i don't think it was deb chubb from love island i think it was something else but i just uh was surprised perplexed astonished uh bewildered even all this is to say call the experts or visit homeprideoregon.com again that's homeprideoregon.com or call 541-410-0316 tell them quinn sent you for a limited time only Halloween special of uh, nothing extra, use discount code BEANTOWN at checkout. Our good friends at uh, the Samson Q2U series, delivering consistent, crisp, quality audio content from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, First and Second Samuel, which I think, uh, or is First Second First Chronicles, maybe First Kings. One of those is where Samson comes into play when God speaks. He uses a Samson. And, of course, our good friends Cuts by Q. From beehives to bangs, uh, faux hawks to flat tops and everything in between, you got to call the experts at Cuts by Q. When you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. So went to Toronto on Monday, first time ever, in, uh, in Toronto and Ontario, all that good stuff. Uh, nothing crazy. I was there for like 24 hours, but I was, I was, uh, I, I was, uh, surprised. I was talking to, uh, grandfather of the podcast, uh, Dave Furness earlier today about this surprised how, uh, how much French there was. I really thought that it would go, it would be more of kind of a, a stark divide between Quebec and Ontario going from French to English respectively, but it was a lot of French, in Toronto, a lot of uh, our flight crew, flight crew was French. A lot of just like signs and stuff were there was no English; it was just French. So I was, I, I mean, I knew going into it that uh, you know that there Canada has two national languages, English and French. But I really thought Toronto, uh, recognizing how it's a very cosmopolitan city, but because I guess because of that, I thought that it you know would be like pretty much English only, and then you'd see small pockets of other things. But it was, I would say it was like a 60-40 English to French kind of split, at least where I was in downtown, uh, which was which was uh, cool, I guess. I, no other way to really say it. Just unexpected. Saw the CN Tower. It's not the CNN Tower. There's no Wolf Blitzer. Spent a long time looking for him. Went to Rogers Center, Here's how you know you're in Canada. C-E-N-T-R-E. 
I was like, I don't know what word this is. How do I pronounce it? Saw the the, uh, the sort of uh, banners outside, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And, of course, Dan Jensen, who for the longest time I thought was a uh, friend of the show, Sam Anderson's cousin. But this past summer I learned it's his friend's cousin. So that was a... That was a change of pace for me. And yeah, that was I had some poutine. It was it was it was very, you know, it was like average poutine. I got it from like this brew pub. So it was the sort of thing where I just I needed something close to the hotel so I could rush back to watch the Vikings get demolished on Monday night football, which was just a great night and lose my fantasy football game. So it was really a a double double whammy, but no, it was it was it's it's a cool city. The one thing you know, so Toronto and Chicago are sister cities, and they share a lot of similarities, similar population, Great Lakes cities, all that stuff. But the one thing that Chicago continues to just dominate in pretty much any city you go in, similar kind of waterfront setup. Chicago waterfront just kicks ass. I mean, in, I don't know of any other city in the Great Lakes, and I'm thinking, you know, Milwaukee, I'm thinking Detroit, I'm thinking Cleveland, uh, Toronto, of course. I've never been to Buffalo, but Buffalo is, like, kind of on the lake, kind of not. But all you go to all those cities, and their waterfront is, like, 90 to 95%, you know, ports or piers, and it's just, like, the, I, if when you go to those cities, it feels like the water is not really a big deal. Whereas you go to Chicago, and it's like the water is the lake is everything. Like you got to go see the lake. But you go to a place like Toronto, and it's like a hassle to get to the lake. And you get there, and it's like, oh, here are some factories, and here's uh, a, a gigantic cargo ship. And you're just kind of like, oh, I thought the lake was going to be cool, but it's not. And Green Bay is kind of that way too. The lake is like not a thing. Regardless, loved Toronto. It's a great place. Want to go back soon. Although I was, I was saying this to my grandpa earlier, like Montreal is very high on my list. Want to see that. And I've always wanted to go to Calgary. Calgary looks like a great place. Kind of kind of like Denver on the foot foot of the mountains there. Uh, really, you know, go go to Calgary for a day or two, hang out, go do some hiking in the Rockies, come back to Calgary, hang out some more. Be a good time. Beantown goes to Canada. I thought about doing an episode up there, but it was just, you know, I literally, I wake up at 2.45 in the morning, Monday, fly out there, walk around for like three hours, two hours, just to snap some pics, work till 7, watch the Vikings game, wake up, flight leaves at like 9.30. So there's only so much you could fit in, only so many hours in the day. But... We are starting a mini road trip on Tuesday, so we're definitely coming to you live from uh, Minnesota next week. The audio quality might be a little low, just giving you a fair warning. But in kind of throwback style, back throwing it back to like 2017, 2018 when I do these types of trips, except this one's, this one's short. We're going Bloomington, Indiana, Champaign, Illinois, Minneapolis. Uh, we'll do a little pit stop in Albert Lee. Say hi to the uh, the family, and then back in Minneapolis, and then down to Madison, back to Chicago. So it's a quick, quick little jaunt, but 
not looking forward to that Champagne to Minneapolis eight-hour trip. It's uh, it's a lot. Anyways, that's what uh, that that's what I did this past week. It was in Toronto, twenty-four hours. The last thing I want to say, oh, it's kind of two things in one, but uh, met, met a very special person this past week. Someone who I've been watching for a long time, and it's all thanks to to Rachel and her sort of network. But we were uh, we went to the Killers concert Wednesday night. It was uh, I think my second or third concert, Killers concert, and the United Center. Great time. And of course, you got that time between work and the concert because they don't start playing till nine. So you got time to you know go out, grab a bite to eat, get a drink, whatever you want to do. And so first, I I got a bottle of Barefoot Moscato from the Seven Eleven across the street and just went nuts in my office listening to Vikings podcasts and playing Angry Birds. So that was that was a party. And then uh, so Rachel has a friend. Or a coworker uh, and a friend, both. Yeah, she says yes. Who has connections to a certain late night host, who uh, shall remain nameless? No, that's silly. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. She's she's connected to because she used to work on his show. Anyways, if you watch Kimmel every night, you know that uh, they're doing shows in Brooklyn beginning next week, uh, September twenty sixth. And as as a lot of late night shows will do when they're like going out to you know the other coast or something for shows, they will send their sidekick ahead of time. Andy Richter has done this before uh, on a uh, a quote bus tour to different stops. And turns out Thursday or Wednesday night was uh, Guillermo Rodriguez's uh, bus stop in uh, Chicago. So Rachel got the hookup on the bar he was going to, and they shot a little TV segment there. With Andre Drummond, very famous NBA player who plays for the Bulls now. And if you go watch Kimmel from Wednesday night, the little YouTube clip, the monologue, you can see our 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 one and only Rachel Ramos in the background on live television. She's a star now. It's really gone to her head. And we're trying to bring her back down to earth, but unsuccessfully thus far. But later, what really hyped her up was Federal's is one of those places where they'll do the ice shots and you throw the ice at the bell and you ding it and yada, yada, yada. Rachel was the only one from our group who, 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 who dung the bell. And so now she's really, she's really high and mighty. Anyways, I wasn't there for the TV segment because I was just jamming to some Death Cab who we're going to see tomorrow. Uh, killers and Death Cab in one week, that's orgasmic for me, really. Two of my favorite bands of all time. Like, actual, easily top five, top ten bands for me. And so I go, I, I walk over there from from the Loop to this West Loop bar. And thinking, you know, the segment's over. Just going to go hang out for the concert. Like, have a drink, meet some of Rachel's coworkers, whatever. Just chill. No expectations. I show up. And the Guillermo mobile is still the gear mobile rather is still out parked outside, and I'm thinking maybe maybe I might see something like who knows what's gonna happen. I get through security, and Guillermo is just there he's just hanging out he's got a blue cub shirt on, and I'm thinking like is there you know some sort of line wrapped around the building where I gotta you know pay twenty bucks get my picture taken with Guillermo. 
No, apparently not. You pretty much just walk up. We got a selfie. It was amazing. I fist bumped him like three times. And then later he comes over to the table and we all take shots together. I took a tequila shot with Guillermo like like I'm at the NBA Finals or back-to-back at the Emmys. It was just unbelievable. He's as nice as he is on camera. And there is one thing I learned, and I got to expose. This isn't his fault. This is Kimmel. So now we probably have a feud. They stay advertise this as a bus tour. Well, it turns out they just drive the bus these places, and Guillermo is actually flying. So I don't hold it against the guy. It's a long time to sleep on a cot in a moving vehicle. But regardless, it was amazing. And then after we did all our stuff with Guillermo, he was just like, there i don't know i guess he had time to kill before his uh unadvertised flight but you know some people would like go up and like chat with him or take a picture but for a portion of the night he was just kind of like standing over by himself just like on his phone and uh i don't know like i guess it's because i've been following kimmel from the beginning but that was really cool to me to to meet him and take some pictures and i just that's pretty neat I haven't met that many famous television personalities. Alex Trebek is a big one for me. Guillermo is a solid one. I'd have to run through the list to think about other people I've met, famous people. I saw saw Vince Vaughn once in Chicago, Chris Catan on a train. But uh those are those are varying levels of, of comedic power. But yeah. That was cool to meet Guillermo. I watched him on, on, on YouTube, TV, whatever, all the time. And it was just fun to see him in real life and talk to him and fist bump him and take a tequila shot. Took a tequila shot with Guillermo. Like, that's that's the start of my Hollywood career, man. That's what I got for you. Uh, I'm not going to him and haw. What do you think the origin of that phrase is? Him, haw. Oh, the last thing I wanted to say... And if, you, if you're going to listen to this on Friday, September 23rd, this, uh, like, two people this probably applies to. If you're going to listen to this today and you haven't played Worldle yet, not Wordle, Worldle, uh, I, I'm going to spoil the answer for you. But anyways, so pause now if you want to go play. But I was just reading about it half asleep in bed this morning after I played Worldle. And I got, I got it on, like, guess four, guess five, which I was pretty impressed with. The answer today was Nauru. N-A-U-R-U. And I I was like vaguely familiar with the history of Nauru, but it's a fascinating disaster of uh, economic and ecological proportions. Essentially, Nauru had a bunch of phosphate. It's a very small island. It's the third smallest country by area in the the world, and its population is only about 10,000 people. Like, this is, like, the size of, it's, like, half the size of Albert Lee, Minnesota, which means nothing to 99% of people listening. That's okay. But basically, they strip-mined the crap out of this island until there's nothing left, and now there's, the whole island is, like, bankrupt, and it's one of the top places for money laundering in the world, and... It's just, it's wild. It's a crazy place. They do have a, an airport. It's just one strip. But, uh, you know, it's, 
I would say go read, go spend five, ten minutes reading about Nauru because you're going you're gonna to learn some, some interesting things. So that's what I got for you today on the Beantown Podcast. I want to thank our sponsors, of course, and thank everyone for listening. Uh, really appreciate your support. Happy fall. And we'll see you next week in uh, Minnesota. So that's what I have for you, everyone. I hope that you are staying safe. I hope that you are staying sane. And I will check in on you next time. Bye. Thank you.